You see how important the Old Testament is to us today? To help us understand more detail about what God is trying to teach us here. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Pastor Jim Scudder, and you're listening to In Grace. Thank you for joining us today as we are in a brand new series. I'm really excited about this. Is the Old Testament obsolete? Uh, Of course, I feel the answer is absolutely not. There are 900 references in the New Testament to the Old Testament. We had better know the foundation of our Bible is the first two-thirds, and we probably shouldn't call it the Old Testament, but maybe the Hebrew Scriptures or the Older Testament, because it's not obsolete. It's still relevant. It's still important. And without knowing the Old Testament, we wouldn't know how we got here. How did God create the world? Did God create the world? You know, all of these really, really important things. The Old Testament gives us the detail and the foundation uh, for marriage and human human sexuality and all the geologic sedimentary layers that's explained by the flood. All these things we're going to be talking about as we go through the uh, series, Is the Old Testament Obsolete? We'll be in this series for several weeks, and then we're going to take breaks doing other things, and we'll be coming back to it. But I think this is so important because some preachers have said the Old Testament is not important. And they are wrong when they say that. So we're going to talk today about springboard and how we're going to do the series is give you a New Testament passage like today, John 1, 1, and that's going to springboard us back to where we know more about that from the Old Testament. We'll be going to Genesis 1, 1. So we're going to be doing that. And this is so exciting. I can't wait to preach this and give it to you. So we'll be doing that in just a second. We've been talking about something called Gather in Grace, where we come to you. I love it when we can broadcast in grace. And then some of you might come to the Chicago area and visit our church. And we love that. But uh, we are going to come to you with two events coming up, one in Mitchell, South Dakota. Those of you that live in the Dakotas, you know the Corn Palace. We're going to be at the Corn Palace, and I'm excited about that in October. I have a free ticket for you if you live in that area. We'd love for you to come out. And then we have another event in Phoenix, Arizona in February. Again, a free ticket. Go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on Gather in Grace. And we're so excited to be able to come to you and to your area. Here's an example of how we're going to do this series. We're going to come to a a New Testament passage. In my instance, it's John 1. 1, look at that one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we read that in the first verse of the Gospel of John. In the beginning. By, By the way, does this sound familiar to you? If you know the Old Testament, the very first book, the very first words, very similar. As a matter of fact, John 1, 2 tells us that the same was in the beginning with God. In other words, the the word, capital W, Logos, so you have the word, which we know later is Jesus. The Son is the Logos, the word. And the word was with God, the word was God. So isn't that interesting? You see the dynamic of the Trinity there, don't you? The Trinity, by the way, is in the Old Testament as well. It's a little more veiled, but it's there. And then the same was in the beginning with God. So the Logos, Jesus, the Son of God, was in the beginning, and it says all things were made by him. So we're, we're getting some more light on Genesis, aren't we? So that's what the New Testament does. It gives us a fuller understanding 
of what we learned in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Here's a, a perfect example. All things were made by him. That means that the second person of the Trinity was the one that was active in creation. We're, we're, we're learning more from the illumination of the, of the New Testament. And that's what Jesus does. He gives us more to work with. He, he helps us understand things fully. And without him was not anything made that was made. So if we read that in John 1, how would we know what that was without knowing what the Old Testament says? Well, let's jump over to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So by the way, you see the Spirit, right? You see the Spirit. And God said, let us, it's singular but yet plural in the Hebrew, singular but yet plural. How is that possible? One God, three persons. God said, let there be light, and there was light. By the way, remember back in the New Testament, we learn about Jesus is the light of the world, right? We're now illuminating more details about God. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate illumination of what God is like. And then God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And we continue on to read about the first day of creation. How would we know any of that without knowing the Old Testament, right? Is the Old Testament obsolete? Is it? No. All right, now how would you possibly know Hebrews 11? Go look at Hebrews 11. And we, we call this the, the faith chapter or the hall of faith, hall of fame. Hebrews obviously is a, a New Testament book. It was written to primarily Jewish believers, but it has a lot of the references of the Old Testament in this book. The Gospels have quite a few. Acts, of course. Revelation has a ton. But Hebrews has a lot of Old Testament um, references back to either the, the allusion or the actual quotation. But here in Hebrews 11.4, by faith, Abel. Okay? Now, if you didn't know the, the Old Testament, you'd be like, Abel? Who's this Abel? Okay? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. The only way that you would know is if you were to go back and study Genesis 4. We're not going to take the time to, to actually go back and do that now, but we will in this series. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Who's Cain? Again, you wouldn't know that unless you study the Old Testament. You study Genesis chapter 4. So we know that there's this Abel, there's this Cain, that Abel offered a better sacrifice. What was that? Well, we know because we read it in Genesis chapter 4. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. By the way, that's the whole point of the book of James. Some people look at James and some people look at Romans. And Romans says that we're justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And then James seems to suggest that we're justified by works. Right? So how do you understand those two? Again, understanding that salvation is always by grace, is never by works. We're not justified before God by our works, but our works are what show the world our faith. It's how we demonstrate that we have faith in God. In other words, when, 
when Abraham went to offer Isaac, he was demonstrating his faith, which happened years earlier in Ur, to the world in a profound way. We still read about it. We still study it today. So it's always by faith that we're saved, but the way that we show the world our faith is by what we do. Okay. So there's a... One of these two are righteous, and it's not because he offered a better sacrifice, but he, he believed God. He believed God. So here we have God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. So we know a little bit more about Cain and Abel from Hebrews, and that is one of them died, right? So again, how would you know how he died? Well, we know in Genesis 4 that there were two brothers and they were sons of Adam and Eve, and one brought the, the proper sacrifice. The sacrifice was uh, an animal sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, and the other brought a sacrifice from the earth. In other words, one was a, a blood sacrifice that pointed to the coming future blood sacrifice of Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The other one brought his works, his, his plants, his vegetables, and I'm sure it was a great offering, but it wasn't what God had asked for, okay? But you wouldn't know any of that unless you had studied Genesis. Genesis, by the way, if you don't know Genesis, you, you're not going to get the scriptures. The people that minimize Genesis, that they say we evolved, and you know, instead of six days, it was six long periods of time, they've just uh, basically broken the Bible, Okay? When, when you doubt the first verses of the Bible, how can you possibly respect any of the other ones? No. There's actually tons of evidence that we were created, and it was not that long ago. Tons of evidence. So who is Abel? Who is Cain? You would need to go back to Genesis and read about them. And then the next verse in Hebrews 11, by faith, Enoch. Okay, so now we have another name that, if you don't know the Old Testament, you have no idea who this guy is. Who's Enoch? But now Hebrews tells us that he was translated, that he should not see death. So we find an example of someone that is living and God takes him alive. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like the rapture of the church. It's certainly a, a precursor to the rapture. Somebody that's alive doesn't see death. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'm not afraid of death. Because I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Because I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I'm not looking forward to dying. Would y'all pray that it's just like painless and fast and everything? So. But, but, but there's going to be a group of people that don't have to face death. And Enoch, and there was another person in the Old Testament that also was translated. So we know Enoch was translated. We don't know anything more about him unless we were to study the Old Testament, Right? We would read that in Genesis 5. In 22 through 24, I, that's your homework. That's what I want you to do is uh, to study up about Enoch. But that's what we're going to be doing in this series. Who is this Enoch? And let's learn the story. Let's learn what happened. Somebody said he went for a walk, a long walk, and, and uh, he was one that walked with God, and then he was not. He never came home from that long walk. God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then we come to the next verse in Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So these passages in the New Testament really help us understand faith, but in order to understand the detail of these stories, the important parts of these stories, we need to go back and reference the Old Testament. Hebrews 7, uh, 11, 7 says, by faith, Noah. Now, most people know who Noah is. Some of those most popular in grace episodes that we do is about Noah, the flood, and the ark. I mean, everybody is interested in that. I got a text today from one of the founders of Answers in Genesis, and they said, watch Fox News this morning because one of their reporters is going to come bring her kids to the ark. And, and they did, and I watched it. It was really neat. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David the Shepherd King. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print portraying David the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. By faith, Abraham in Hebrews 11, 8. By faith, when he was called to go out of a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. How would you know about Abraham unless you read Genesis 11 through 25? Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Is my point getting across? And then if you were to continue to read in Hebrews 11, you're going to read about other people like Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. How do you know? about those people unless you read the Hebrew Scriptures, okay? God is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, why did he operate a little differently then? Well, because he was, again, trying to show us that we've messed up, that we failed, that we cannot do it right on our own, and that we have to rely on him. That's the story of Scripture. That's the story of the entire Bible. God had to show us that even with a system of laws and sacrifices, we would always fall short. But then Jesus came. And he did what we could not do. And the only thing left for us in the church age is to rely on Jesus living through us by his spirit. In all of these other times in human history, we've failed. The only person that's ever able to succeed was Jesus, God in the flesh. He lived the way we couldn't live. And if we will, first of all, put our trust in him and be saved from our sins, but then understand that the only way we're going to live the right way that God wants us to live and the, the way that will bless other people is to live by loving him and allowing him to live through us by the Spirit of God. That's what the New Testament is all about. You say, then why do we know, need to know the Old Testament? I've just explained that to you. In verse 14, Jesus says to Nicodemus, 
as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What? How? If you don't know the Old Testament, what in the world does this mean? Well, that's again why you need to know the Old Testament. There was an incredible story. This was when the children of Israel had been released from Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had been to Mount Sinai. And now they're eventually going to end up in the land of Israel that God had promised. It says in Numbers 21.4, they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Do you know sometimes life is hard? A lot of times life is hard. What do you do when life is hard? Well, don't do what they did. The people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Can you imagine saying that? After seeing the Red Sea part? After seeing God give water out of a rock? And after seeing God springing up this delicious bread from the desert? I mean, you're seeing God in, in real time, in real life, working in incredible ways. And then you would say this? Is this the reason God and Moses brought us out of Egypt? Do you think Egypt was a good life? How would you know if you don't know the Old Testament? Egypt wasn't a good life. They were slaves. They were, it was a horrible life. God is bringing them out of that to this incredible place of prosperity and peace. And they're complaining because it's hard. For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathes this light bread. Now listen, I know if we ate the same thing every day, you'd get sick of it. If I gave you filet mignon and lobster tail, you probably after two weeks would start complaining. Believe me, I might too. I don't know. But they had this incredible provision of God and they were complaining. So what happened? Well, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. You say, well, that's the Old Testament God. He's mean, right? No, God is God. God is God. He's right. He's gracious. He's good. But there's a limit, folks. There's a limit. You need to have reverence for God. He is God. And then... Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that God would take away the serpents from us. And Moses did it. God bless Moses. Go, Moses prayed for the people. Verse eight, the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, what Jesus just said to Nicodemus, hundreds and hundreds of years later, is starting to make sense to me. And so now this, here, here's Moses. Here's a fiery serpent to make one and set it upon a pole and it, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is, that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. What? what? That is the strangest thing I've ever heard. Well, you know what God was doing? God was painting a picture. A serpent made out of bronze on a pole. That serpent had no venom, it, but it represented venom. It represented sin. It represented us complaining. It represented us stealing and cheating and hating. And that, that serpent on a pole, everyone that would look upon that would be healed. So what saved those people? Was it their religion? Was it their priest? No, it was their faith. They looked and they lived. So Jesus says, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, why did God do that? Why did God tell Moses to do that? Why did Moses do that? To show us what was going to come. Jesus is going to be lifted up on a tree. He's not a serpent. Serpent represented sin. Remember, the serpent was in the Garden of Eden. Jesus had no venom, had no sin, but he was made sin for us. 
And anyone who by faith looks upon him, not upon their religion, not upon their pastor or priest, but upon him and him alone, is saved. He will live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass, if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So how would you know anything about what Jesus had just told Nicodemus unless you knew this episode from Numbers? Do you understand that we need the Old Testament? Is the Old Testament obsolete? It is not. Is Jesus the only answer? Absolutely. He's the only answer. We've tried it every other way. We failed every time. But because Jesus came and died and rose again, we can be saved from our sins. The Bible says that we've all sinned. Jesus had no sin, but he was made sin for us. He was on the cross. He had no sin, but he took upon himself our sin when he died and he rose again. By the way, how do we know Jesus was God for sure in the flesh? He rose again. It is all about Jesus and the resurrection, but don't minimize the Old Testament because you wouldn't know a lot of these truths that we know. Could you, live, could you live without the Old Testament? Sure, you can live without it. But should you live without it? Absolutely not. So Jesus came and he died for our sins. And if you will, by faith, put your trust in him, you have everlasting life. You're healed from the venom of sin. The penalty of sin is death. That's eternal separation from God in hell. That's called the second death. If you've been born twice, Nicodemus, you must be born again. How can I be born when I'm old? Can I enter a second time into my mother's womb and be born? Of course not. He's talking about a spiritual rebirth. And when you put your faith in Christ, you're born again. And once you're born, you're born. You're, you cannot be unborn. If you let go, he has you in his hand. That's the wonderful truth of Jesus. Is he saves you not just for today and tomorrow. He saves you for forever. Isn't that wonderful? Have you put your faith in Jesus? God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, trust in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. It's by grace that you're saved through what? Faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. You can know him. You can be saved today by just believing that Jesus died for you and rose again, paid for your sins. And when you believe that, the Bible says that you are a child of his. And if you need to talk to someone about eternal life, please contact us. Uh, you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE during business hours. If it's after hours, leave us a voicemail or anytime go to our website, ingraceradio.com. And there you can contact us or you can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We also have another important reason for you to contact us, and that is to get your free Psalm 23 bookmark. We have a beautiful portrait of this, the great shepherd, the Lord is our shepherd, on these bookmarks, and it's an original artwork that we put on the bookmarks. We would love to send this to you with Psalm 23 on it, absolutely free. And uh, when you contact us, make sure you're telling us how you're listening, either on the radio station, we're on 550 radio stations, or if it's a podcast or if you're listening online, we'd love to know that. To get your free bookmark, contact us, and we'd love to send that to you. Some of you would like to support 
in grace and make an investment in grace. And I'll promise you, your money will be used carefully and wisely. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you five Psalm 23 bookmarks, one for you and four to give away. And you can also get our brand new Discover Hidden Israel 4 series, which is all about King David filmed in Israel at the actual places that King David was at. So you're going to want to get that video series as well. And for those of you that can give much more, if your gift can be $250 or more, you get the things that I've mentioned and a beautiful limited edition Psalm 23 canvas print. Again, this is beautiful artwork. It's already on a wood frame. It's a frame that you can't see. The canvas is wrapped over it, but it's beautiful. It's going to be large. We would love to send this to you and all of the other stuff. Contact us today. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark. Absolutely free. Also for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.